Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome. Great to have you with us. The Biden corruption machine is hard at work. Former Biden family associate Devin Archer on Capitol Hill yesterday testifying behind closed doors about what he witnessed when working with the first son, Hunter Biden, on the board of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. It didn't take long for Biden's gang of thugs that run the DOJ to intervene and try to intimidate Archer from saying anything against the Biden family, including what involvement President Biden played in his son's business dealings. Coincidentally, the hours before Archer was set to head to the meeting, Biden's DOJ asked the Southern District of New York to set a date for Archer to report to prison to keep him from talking to Congress. Archer was granted bail pending an appeal after he was convicted in April of 2020 for his role in defrauding a Native American tribe. The Justice Department wrote the following to the New York Federal Court. In light of the foregoing, the government respectfully requests that the defendant be ordered to surrender at a date and time determined by the court to a facility designated by the Bureau of Prisons to commence his term of imprisonment. Archer's attorney says he believes it's premature to set a report date in light of his anticipated continuing appeals and newly discovered sentencing error that the government has now conceded. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer not too pleased with the Department of Justice, and the chairman had this to say about the DOJ's attempted intimidation tactic of Archer. The letter from the Department of Justice is uh, trying to nudge the judge to go ahead and uh Senate's Devin Archer uh, for something unrelated to what we're going to be talking to him about tomorrow. Uh, it's odd that it was issued on a Saturday, and it's odd that it's right before he's scheduled to come in to uh, have an opportunity to speak in front of the House Oversight Committee and tell the American people the truth about what really went on with Burisma. So, you know, I don't know if this is a coincidence, Maria, or if this is another example of the weaponization of the Department of Justice, but I can tell you this. The lengths to which the Biden legal team has gone to try to intimidate our witnesses, to coordinate with the Department of Justice, and to certainly coordinate with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee to encourage people not to cooperate with our investigation, to encourage banks not to turn over bank records, to encourage Treasury not to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. It's very troubling, and I believe that uh, you know this is a another violation of the law. This is obstruction of justice, but nevertheless, we're going to continue to move forward and try to present the American people with the facts and the truth about uh, this president and his family. It's more than clear now that Chairman Comer will not be controlled or intimidated by any of these Biden-Obama regime thugs. Comer has already demonstrated he means business, and he and his committee are unrelenting. Marxist Dem and Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis telling a local Georgia newspaper her case against President Trump is ready to go, as she put it, saying, quote, the work is accomplished. We've been working for two and a half years. We're ready to go. 
Well, I believe George Soros should be thrilled to hear that. Willis has previously said charges would come in August, so we can expect any day now those charges. The charges won't be unlike any of the others filed by the Marxist Dem activists, one part nonsense, two parts asinine. Marxist Dem special counsel Jack Smith, the men often referred to as Garland's pet junkyard dog, is reportedly looking to charge the former president once again for Trump's role in the January 6th demonstrations on Capitol Hill. Again, more nonsense and equally as asinine. Americans can't keep putting up with these gangsters in the DOJ and FBI. Cleaning up this mess of corruption, the abuse of power, and weaponization of our government against America and Americans is now our highest critical priority, and why President Trump has to be back in the White House in January of 2025. I want to bring in our guests now to take all of this up and much more. Joining us, Will Sharp, running for Attorney General of the great state of Missouri, He says the DOJ case against Trump is seriously flawed and the special counsel's political motivation and disregard for the truth means the whole case against Trump could be dismissed. Will Scharf, it's great to have you back with us on The Great America Show. I'm wishing you a lot of luck in your race for the attorney general's office. How's the campaign going? So far, it's going great, Lou. You know, everywhere we go around the state, uh, conservatives are fired up. They're angry about what's going on in, in their communities and really all over the country. Uh, and and that's, what, that's what we're all about, is offering a, a conservative alternative. Um, but people are angry. People are worried. I feel like this, is, uh, this election cycle all over the country is going to be a crucial one for the country um, and, and for our future. So we're excited. And, you know, we're, we're hearing that from just about everybody from uh, all over the country. The uh, enough is enough. We've heard a lot of and fed up is another one. Uh, the American people are seeing now because this the Biden regime has just been raw and in your face with their corruption. And it just continues, whether it's the Hunter Biden uh, sweetheart deal, uh, whatever it may be, whatever the issue may be. Uh, we're looking at a country right now in deep pain uh, and it is on the verge of destabilization, I truly believe because the corruption of our federal government is almost complete. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and one of the most disappointing things has been uh, the failure of a lot of Republicans, a lot of people with ours next to their name, uh, to wake up and see what trying times we're really in as a country. Uh, when you look at the weaponization of law enforcement, when you look at, as you said, uh, the the path that not just Hunter Biden but the entire Biden family seem to be getting now, it's uh, it's it, it's eye opening, it's worrying, and and we all have a lot of work to do. A lot of work, and I'm not one of those who thinks it's going to be easy. I'll tell you that. Uh, I you know I've talked to a number of people, and God bless them, one and all, who think that the FBI and I'll include Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn talking the other day. Uh, she thinks that the FBI can be fixed, can be rehabilitated. Uh, but personally, well, I don't see a way forward uh, with this corrupt organization. It is just uh, the Department of Justice and the FBI, to me, are beyond uh, redemption. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think you, know, you have to go back to, to the Durham report and Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, and the weaponization of law enforcement and the intelligence agencies against the, the Trump campaign in 2016 
uh, I mean, that alone was uh, just a mortal sin. And the fact that heads didn't roll, the fact that no one's been held accountable uh, for the fact that they unlawfully wiretapped a presidential campaign uh, is just crazy to me. I I hope Senator Blackburn's right. She's a a good conservative, someone I have a lot of respect for. Uh, But one way or the other, we need to take back the White House and we need to to make sure that these real problems get fixed and don't happen again. The Republicans need to understand, as you as you have put it, we've got to take back the White House and we have got to take back the Senate. This has to be a Republican government in order to save the Republic. I truly believe that, Will. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this ele- we say it every election cycle, you know, this election is the most important election. This election, I think, may actually be the most important election of our lifetime, because I don't know what kind of a country we're going to have if we have four more years of Joe Biden. Uh, and look at the way they've weaponized law enforcement against President Trump, his principal political opponent. I mean, we're truly in banana republic territory here, uh, and it's, it's not going to get better unless we take action. It's not going to stay the same. It's going to keep getting worse. Uh, and that's what we as conservatives uh, need to wake up to. And, and that needs to be our, our motivation here. Without question. And John Durham appearing before the House Judiciary Committee. You know, it was one of the most disappointing appearances I've seen. His report was, a, to me, a joke. I thought that there might be some way in which he might be able to counterbalance the shortcomings of that report. But as he sat there in that chair looking at that committee, and without any remorse whatsoever or any sense of guilt or shame, uh, seemed to dismiss the idea that he should have been investigating a host of perpetrators uh, through Crossfire Hurricane, the Russia collusion hoax, whatever you want to call it, uh, that extends not only from 2016 to 2020 and to 2022 as well. Uh, Were you disappointed? Yeah, you know, I'm really curious about what's in the the classified portion of his report. You know, there's a classified appendix that hasn't been made public yet. It needs to be made public, I think, because all of us need to understand exactly what happened. Aspects of his report were very interesting to me. The fact that there was this Clinton plan intelligence, the fact that our intelligence agencies and the FBI knew that the Russia collusion story had started with the Clinton campaign, that they were the ones who had placed it, who were promoting it, who were pushing it. And yet they were still willing to take hook, line and sinker these crazy allegations about the Trump uh, campaign and use that to justify this just insane investigation. Uh, I mean, it's the, the stuff that Durham put out should be worrying enough. And I agree with you. I think there's much more under the table there. There's much more that hasn't come to light yet. Uh, and I, I, we, we need to find out more. We need to know what actually happened. And people need to be punished. Without question. And I, I, I want to say again here on The Great America Show, this country, we are too far along as this great republic, this great democracy of ours, to put up with those who would deny the public's right to know. The public has to know. Citizens cannot be treated uh, as they have been throughout the course of the last 
last uh, decade or so, uh, with exception uh, within the Trump administration, it has been the the federal government has gone dark. The deep state is uh, is absolutely in control in alliance with the Marxist Dems who control what used to be the Democrat Party. Uh, it, it is it is a deeply deeply disturbing moment in our history, and the American people know it's wrong. They know they but they're going about their workaday lives, their their lives in which they've got family and responsibilities, and they expect their the the, the national media. They expect their representatives and senators uh, to represent them in Washington, and they're being failed almost every day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think what really woke a lot of people up to the dangers that we face as a country uh, was COVID, and not just the COVID-era lockdowns and them shutting down businesses and shutting down churches and shutting down synagogues and all of that, uh, but the fact that parents for the first time had a, a, a good view of what was being taught in schools. Uh, the proliferation of critical race theory, which is basically, as you know, race Marxism, uh, radical gender ideology. And it's not just happening in New York and San Francisco. I mean, all over the state of Missouri, even in rural communities, uh, parents have, have brought to light uh, just the craziest, uh, craziest issues imaginable, um, things being taught to their kids that, that should never have a place in any American school. Uh, in American culture in general. So it's it's we're living in scary times, but I have hope that Americans are waking up and, and understand what's at stake here. I, I believe that the American people are awakening. Uh, and, well, the, the truth is I'm hoping that we are seeing a profound awakening on the part of the Republicans who sit uh, in Senate seats uh, and in the House of Representatives because there are such a large number of rhinos that uh, – the Republican Party has been hijacked by a minority that is aligned with the, the Republican establishment, uh, with the Democratic establishment, and uh, the Marxist left. And it's inexcusable. Twenty representatives uh, refusing to go along with a censure of Adam Schiff, who lied to the American people, the Congress, uh, and of all things, about the president of the United States, and they didn't think it was the appropriate moment to censure him? My Lord, what in the world are they thinking? And it's it's just a censure. If they're not willing to put their names on record saying that Adam Schiff did something wrong, uh, where are they going to be on the crucial votes that are going to face us in the, in the years ahead? Uh, what kind of leadership are we getting out of our elected so-called leaders uh, when they're not even willing to, to, to put their names on the line for something like that. I mean, to me, that was a, it, it's, it, it's a, I call it a shibboleth, call it whatever you want, but it's, it's a moment where Republicans had the opportunity to stand up for what's right, and too many of them weren't willing to do that. And we see it all over the place. We call them go-along-to-get-along Republicans, Republicans who are just kind of happy picking up the scraps from the Democrats and uh, you know, having fancy offices and, and going to fancy parties. Uh, that's not what we need anymore. We need conservative fighters and we need them in, in elected offices, you know, from obviously from the White House to the U.S. Senate, but all the way down to local school boards, county council seats. Uh, we need people who are going to stand up and fight. And there's no point in electing folks if they're not willing to do that. We're talking with former federal prosecutor, candidate for attorney general of the great state of Missouri, Will Scharf, uh, one of those who is standing up and uh, 
who is going to make a difference, I'm sure. Stay with us. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now talking with Will Sharp. And Will, as we broke there for a commercial break, you were saying that there has to be accountability and responsibility. Uh, the Republicans have an opportunity here to define themselves and that be the party of transparency. We were talking, you were talking in point of fact about these classified section of the John Durham special counsel report. I will say this, that I think every, every line of that report should be made public. Uh, it should be in front of the American people. And if our government is going to in any way err, they need to err on the side of the public's right to know because too much is being redacted, too much is being withheld, too much is being sealed, and too much is being kept from the American people at a moment which we need uh, every, every truth that we can discover. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but it's, it's more that we're, we're past the point where transparency is an end in of itself. Uh, transparency is important. We need to know what happened with the investigation into President Trump. Frankly, we need much more transparency uh, into this new case that was brought against him uh, by the special counsel in Florida. Uh, but to me, transparency is a means to an end. Uh, we need to know what's going on because the American people need to understand what's at stake. Uh, and the American people need to understand why now more than ever, uh, it's important that we all get together and stand up and fight against what's happening to our country. I, I agree with you, uh, whether it is a means or whether it is an end, uh, it honors the, the people's right to know in this country. They can't make intelligent decisions politically. Uh, they cannot make uh, critical judgments uh, about the governance. Uh, you know, there, there was a time in this country uh, that we were, our consent was required. Uh, we are being rolled over by this Biden regime as if there were no constitution and that we didn't have uh, over 200 years as a constitutional republic to guide us forward. It's outrageous, whether it's a wide open border and no one voted on that that I know of, whether it's sending uh, more than $100 billion to Ukraine without any accountability. We don't know what that money is going for. And the Biden regime continues to find another $6 billion here, $3 billion there to throw uh, at uh, what should be a, a defense of Ukraine funded by the European nations who are proximate and who, in fact, have their own security at risk. I, I understand none of it, frankly. Yeah, look, since Biden came into office, 
uh, the latest numbers I saw is that we've had about 6 million uh, illegal immigrants come into the country. Well, the state of Missouri is only about 6.3 million people. Uh, they've created a new mid-sized state of illegal immigrants uh, in this country in just a few short years. Uh, that's what's at stake here. That's why taking back the White House is going to be so important. And that's why it's so important uh, that we overturn this, uh, this current regime that's running the federal government. Uh, as you said, nobody voted to open the border. Uh, Congress didn't pass a bill saying there shall be an open border. This is just something that Biden has gone out and done. And it's that sort of lawlessness uh, that's at the heart of the, the problems with the rule of law, that's at the heart of the, the problems with our constitutional democracy uh, that we need to confront as a movement and uh, just as Americans. I want to turn to a, a, an essay that you wrote for the uh, the Federalist, a fascinating uh, article. Six reasons the Department of Justice's Get Trump documents case is seriously flawed. Uh, give us, if you will, uh, those reasons. Let's let's talk through that a, a bit. We I've said on this broadcast uh, clearly as I can that there is nothing about the current leg of political persecution of Donald Trump that is justified or lawful. Uh, you are the you're the prosecutor. You're the attorney. Uh, you tell us, uh, if you will, from your perspective as uh, an officer of the court uh, and lawyer, uh, what the reasons are that you see uh, as deficient in the case brought by the Department of Justice. Sure. So, so Jack Smith, who's the special counsel, and we should talk some more about him uh, because he's an interesting guy. And the fact that he was chosen to lead this investigation is, is very interesting. But Jack Smith stood up in front of the American people and basically said that this is an open and shut case, that they found these boxes at Mar-a-Lago, and therefore President Trump has to go to prison. Now, I'm a former prosecutor. Uh, what I did is I looked at the indictment they filed, and I read the law, and I came to a very different conclusion. Uh, when you actually look at the law, they've charged President Trump under a section of the Espionage Act. Your viewers can all, or your listeners can all look it up. It's 18 United States Code, Section 793E. And under Section 793E, they need to prove not just that there were some uh, sensitive documents at Mar-a-Lago, but they need to prove that President Trump had in his possession uh, what's called national defense information, uh, information that could hurt the United States or help a foreign power. They need to show that he knew he had that information. They need to show that he knew that he wasn't authorized to have that information. They need to show that he knew he was supposed to give it to a, 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 you know, a federal official or a government official, and they need to show that he willfully failed to turn over that information that he knew that he had uh, to that government official. And based on what they've put in the indictment, I don't think they can prove that, uh, that there's an act called the Presidential Records Act, uh, which dictates what happens when a presidential administration ends. And it gives the president broad discretion to designate some records as personal records, those would be things like diaries, journals, personal memorabilia, items of a primarily personal nature. Uh, and then the president's also supposed to designate his presidential records. Those are uh, more official papers, things memorializing official decisions and that sort of thing. Now, courts have consistently held that the president has broad discre discretion in how he designates personal versus presidential records. I don't think that the special counsel can prove 
that President Trump knew he had anything he wasn't supposed to have. I'm not even sure if they can prove that he had anything he wasn't supposed to have. And they definitely can't prove, in my view, that he willfully failed to turn over any national defense information to any government official that he knew had a right to receive it. So, I mean, this is sort of getting into the, 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 legal, the legal thicket, the legal complexities of all of this. Uh, but ultimately, they are trying to put President Trump in prison on the back of an indictment that's based on such a misreading of the law that the whole thing just reeks of politics to me. Uh, and I can go into some more detail about Jack Smith, the special counsel. Sure. I mean, this is, this is a guy, uh, the case that he's probably most famous for was bringing a prosecution against uh, former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, a Republican governor of Virginia, popular governor. They charged him with federal bribery, and they actually got a conviction on those charges. That conviction went up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court unanimously threw those convictions out, saying that Smith had used uh, an overzealous, uh, overly broad uh, definition of the federal bribery statute to secure that conviction, that it was inappropriate. Uh, they overturned the conviction, and the Department of Justice uh, just threw the whole case out. Uh, they totally repudiated uh, Jack Smith and the way he went about prosecuting this case. So the question needs to be asked, if that's this guy's most famous previous case, why of all of the thousands of lawyers in the federal government did Merrick Garland pick him to lead this investigation? And the only answer I can think of is politics, that they knew that he was a pit bull, they knew that he would do exactly what he's gone out and done, and that this whole thing is a, it's a political operation, not a legal operation. And I was taught as a prosecutor that politics are never supposed to come into play when it comes to charging decisions, when it comes to investigative acts, when it comes to, to law enforcement. And that's what we're seeing here is the politicization of law enforcement uh, under the Biden administration and under Merrick Garland. And Will Sharp and I are going to be talking about the political persecution of Donald Trump, which has now entered its eighth year, if you can believe that. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back now. We're talking with Will Scharf, running for the office of Attorney General, the great state of Missouri. 
Well, I want to turn to the Trump-appointed judge who's had considerable Democratic support to oversee the Hunter Biden plea deal. So, you know, I think the key thing is to note what Hunter Biden has been charged with and what he hasn't been charged with. I think that under the guise of getting him to plead guilty to relatively minor tax offenses and entering pretrial diversion on some gun he purchased, I think that the Department of Justice is trying to sweep under the rug what might be the single greatest political scandal in American history. We heard a couple weeks ago about this called the 1023, a confidential informant report from Ukraine that the FBI considered to be credible that said that Hunter and President Biden had had essentially colluded and conspired together uh, to change American foreign policy and to get a Ukrainian prosecutor who was prosecuting Burisma, Hunter's company, fired. And they did that in return for millions of dollars in payments directly to them. Now, if that's true, that's one of the greatest crimes committed in American history. This would be the greatest political scandal in American history. And I think that what they're trying to do here is get Hunter to plead to you know, misdemeanors, to nothing, and then tell everybody, oh, well, Hunter's already been investigated and prosecuted. There's nothing more to see here, when it's the opposite. It's the crimes that haven't yet been indicted, that haven't yet been fully aired publicly, uh, that, that need to be the focus of this investigation uh, into the Biden family. And the fact, you know, we were talking before about transparency. The fact that they haven't made that 1023 public, the fact that the American people haven't been given full information uh, about just what the Bidens were up to in Ukraine, uh, I think is just damning. And it speaks again to this politicization of law enforcement uh, that's just uh, it's poison for any democracy, for any country governed by the rule of law. You mentioned those four years of uh, the Russia collusion hoax, uh, crossfire hurricane. Uh, it straightforwardly was an effort by the FBI, the Department of Justice, the White House, it appears. Uh, that would be the Obama White House, because there was an implicit sanction of what they were doing uh, in the intelligence uh, community as well, working with the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, uh, in the, with the complicity of the national left-wing media. Uh, it, it goes on and on. It was an effort to overthrow the president of the United States once they couldn't stop his yep. candidacy. And that, to me, is the greatest political scandal in this country's history. And now, actually, some people are acknowledging it. Uh, the Washington uh, Post, uh, the New York Times, and a handful of others have acknowledged at least part of that, uh, their responsibility in that, and the culpability of the Marxist Dems and the government itself. Uh, and by the way, four consecutive directors of the FBI were also uh, as uh, guilty as they could be of lying to the American people. Your thoughts uh, on what it yes. takes, because it's eight, we're in eight years of political persecution. The president hasn't been found guilty of any wrongdoing at any stage of that eight years. Yeah, Lou, let me, let me put it really simply. I used to prosecute drug gangs in North St. Louis, violent drug gangs in North St. Louis. If I did to them to get a warrant against any of these gangs, uh, what the Crossfire Hurricane team did to President Trump and the Trump campaign, 
I would have lost my job, lost my law license, and, and probably been criminally prosecuted. Uh, that what they did is they took information that they knew to be inaccurate, uh, that they knew likely had political motives, had likely been seeded by the Clinton campaign. And they used that information uh, to get a warrant to wiretap President Trump's campaign. And then even after they found out pretty conclusively that that information was wrong, they submitted it again and again and again in secret proceedings before the FISA court to keep that wiretap up in the hopes of finding something, anything that they could use against President Trump. Now, again, if I did that, if I used sources that I knew to be disqualified to get warrants against violent drug dealers in North St. Louis, I would have lost my job, lost my law license, and probably been criminally prosecuted. Who's been held accountable for this? I mean, they got one, you know, nothing plea deal, uh, and they, they tried one or two cases. But the same folks who did this, a lot of the same people are, are still at the FBI, they're still at the Department of Justice, and they're still up to their old tricks. Uh, we need to demand accountability, and we were talking before about the FBI and the need to clean house there. I mean, I pray to God we take back the White House uh, next year, and when we do, uh, heads need to roll. Uh, this, is, this can't be allowed to ever happen again, and it can't be allowed to continue. And as we were discussing, uh, John Durham asked straightforwardly why he did, didn't even interrogate uh, or, or subpoena any of the principal culprits behind Crossfire Hurricane. He didn't talk to them. And do you, do you know why? I'm sure you do. But do we know why? And the answer is because they wouldn't cooperate with him? I mean... I have never heard such idiocy in my my life from a special counsel. Well, wait a minute. There was Robert Mueller, wasn't there? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's just incredible what we are witnessing here. How in the man? I don't know how the John Durham could actually show his face uh, before the United States Congress. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I want to know what's in that classified annex to his report because I'm sure it's damning. And I'm sure that if it weren't damning, it would have been declassified and leaked by now. Uh, but I want to know I want to know what happened uh, behind closed doors in his investigation. And I want to know who was talking to whom and who else was involved here. Uh, that's what we all need to be calling for. Release of the, the whistleblower information from Ukraine uh, about the criminal activities that the Biden family was engaged in there and a release of that classified annex uh, to the Durham report. And then maybe then we'll be getting closer to the full truth of, of what law enforcement is up to uh, when it comes to these blatantly political decisions and political activities they've been engaged in, as you said, for going on eight years now. Going on eight years uh, at the tail end of the, well, the last year of the Obama administration, the conversations began uh, in the White House and uh, point of fact, with the intelligence uh, agencies, the chiefs of those agencies, uh, the Department of Justice and the FBI director uh, president in those three meetings in 2016. They, yeah. and, now, and now President Obama is stepping forward talking about the creaky institutions, uh, democratic institutions of our great nation. He warns that they are creaky, I guess, because that means we should be very careful not to demand too much of those institutions. But then saying, 
Trump's indictment is proof that the rule of law still exists in the United States. Is there any doubt in anyone's mind who is who has a third term uh, as president, who is a yeah. member of the cabal directing this impaired puppet president, Joe Biden? And remember, Obama is the guy who said that he didn't need Congress. He didn't need to go through our constitutional system of checks and balances uh, to enact his agenda because he had, and I quote, a phone and a pen. This is a guy talking about the decline of American democratic institutions, the decline of our Constitution. I mean, he's at the heart of so much of what we've seen of unconstitutional actions on the part of the federal government, vast expansion of executive authority uh, in a way that's uh, completely unchecked uh, and, and unanticipated, un, you know, totally extra constitutional. Uh, you know, you think about the border issues that we're facing today. Uh, this all started under Obama. I mean, he bears just a huge amount of culpability uh, for the violence that, that he did to the Constitution and that uh, the Biden folks are continuing to do to the Constitution. We're talking with Will Scharf, and Will, we've come to the end of what has been a fascinating conversation with you. We appreciate your time. We always give our guests the last word. Uh, your concluding thoughts as we wrap up here today. You know, Lou, the, the only thing I'd say is that uh, to everybody sitting on the sidelines, to everybody out there who thinks that they can just go about their lives and that the sorts of problems we're talking about uh, will leave them alone, will pass them by, uh, those times have passed. What we need today is conservative fighters. What we need today is conservatives who are willing to stand up for what we believe in. Because if we don't stand up now, we're not going to have another opportunity to stand up. So I appreciate you having me on. Great to talk to you. Uh, let me know how I can be helpful. I know that, you know, you, a lot of people listen to you. You have a very powerful platform, uh, but just now more than ever, conservatives need to be willing to stand up and, and be counted. Absolutely. Will Sharp, we wish you the very best of luck in your campaign uh, to be the next attorney general of the great state of Missouri. We know you'll get it done. God bless and Godspeed. Thank you, Lou. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our guest here tomorrow will be Congressman Bob Good of the Freedom Caucus. We take up the never-ending corruption of the Department of Justice, the Biden IRS whistleblowers, and much more. That's tomorrow right here on The Great America Show. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Be sure to check out our all-new LouDobbs.com website. We hope you'll join us back here tomorrow for The Great America Show. Until then, thanks, God bless you, God bless America.